0: And if you want to stay in that continued state of being spirit-filled, you have to keep your mind and your spirit on track with the Lord that you're being, be ye being filled. It's a continual action in the Greek. It's not a one-time event, but it's a continual action that we are continually striving that the Spirit of God would fill every core part of our body.
1: Welcome to the Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: All you gotta do is let go and let go. The meat of this passage in Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 21 of walking in wisdom or walking circumspectly. I'm going to go ahead and read through the passage, open us in prayer, and then we'll get into the teaching. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dis. dis I can't say the word. Yeah, you guys can say it. I can't say it. Dissipation. I've been, uh, the teacher service, we've been working on this. You guys were singing. I was running this word over and over in my head. What I want to do is say dispensation. I want to, yeah, it's an entirely different word, but that's what comes to mind. And uh, I failed again. So, anyways, sorry. But be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And Father, I pray that you'd bless this teaching, our time together today. Help us to better learn how we should walk as believers. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. He goes on to say in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul's days were evil. Our days are evil. I don't think we need to really argue about that. The news this week in Chicago, they were celebrating that one day in Chicago, one 24-hour period, there was no shootings and or killings in Chicago. They had one day out of the whole year, and it was to celebrate. I was wondering how cold it was on that day. Perhaps nobody wanted to be out on that particular day to be about their business of shooting and killing one another. The days are evil. And so we're to redeem the time. The Greek word means to buy up or to ransom. Have you ever said, I wish I could? Go back. I wish I would have said, I wish I would have done but we can't redeem the time. Once it's gone, it's gone. And so we're to, as a wise master builder, build our lives upon the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, walking circumspectly in our lives, redeeming the time because we can't reclaim the time once it is past to live in such a way that people Know that we are followers, believers in Jesus Christ. A few verses, verses 18 through 21. One is a negative. It begins with a negative. But then it continues on. The other five are positives. And in this small area, we could expand this list through Scripture, but if we get these five things down or take the one negative out of it, we get the five down, the things that we are to do, well... I think we'll be right on track for understanding what the will of the Lord is for our lives. He begins with the negative. He says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. Thank you. Come on a Wednesday night and listen to me read through some of the Old Testament passages. And we all get tripped up on some of those words. But this word for... Uh, I can't say it. I'm sorry. It is... Asotia in the Greek, say that one, asotia, in the Greek it means reckless or senseless behavior. And that is the feel behind that. Do not be drunk with wine, because as a result of that, you lose your senses. That you are suddenly being controlled by something other than your own mental capacity. Now, the Bible doesn't speak necessarily about not drinking at all. It does say that we are, it says a lot about being drunk. And and that word for drunk there, again, is a Greek word here that speaks about a prolonged form of intoxication. And Solomon wrote a bit about drunkenness in Proverbs. In Proverbs 21, he says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler. Whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 23, 19. Hear, my son, and be wise. Guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine-bibbers or gluttons, eaters of meat. So whether you're drinking a lot or eating way too much. For the drunkard and the glutton will have come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe the man with rags. Proverbs 23, 29. And he goes on, it's, it's verses 29 through 35, but it's worth reading. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look at the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. What do they do with wine? You know, I, I don't. But, you know, when you're tasting it, you swirl it around and you want to see what it looks like. I've seen people do this on TV. I have no wisdom in this area. But he goes on to say, when it swirls around the cup... At the last, it bites like a serpent. It stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things. Your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, or like one who lies atop of the mast, saying, They have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, and I did not feel it. When shall I awake and seek another drink? I mean, they get beat up, and they don't even feel what's going on to their body. They're so numbed by the wine, the alcohol that's in them but it's the lack of wisdom that you're giving yourself over. Several years ago, this has made me think about this. It happened uh, during the time that Lily and I went down to Hot Springs, Arkansas, to celebrate our 10th. I, in my mind, preparing for this trip, I thought, you know, one night, just getting a bottle of wine, it would be romantic. I thought, and it might have been. We did not go there. What happened was... I found myself, with Lily included, we were sitting in a parking lot of a liquor store, considering walking in, getting a bottle of wine to have a night of romance for our 10th wedding anniversary. Could we have done this? Absolutely. But while I was sitting there, there was something that, it was just a a decision that the Lord, I believe, gave me, but it, it was a decision that I needed to make. And I believe that I could have went down one path or went down the other, but the choice was mine at that moment. And I told Lily, I said, I'm not quite sure at this point what God wants of me, but I believe that he's going to use me in the area of teaching youth. And that became a reality um, shortly thereafter. But I said to Lily, I said, how can I tell the youth that they shouldn't drink when I myself drink? So I'm not going to, and we're going to leave. And we left. And it's never been an issue. I've never, you won't find me sitting in a parking lot thinking about this ever again, whether it's in Hot Springs, Arkansas, or uh, a local place right around here. Because I believe the Lord needed to define this one in my heart, that I needed to make a stand, although I didn't drink. It wasn't a part of my life. I, As a teenager, only very seldom did I ever get sucked into having a beer or Or something like that. It was rare. It was not a custom. It was not a practice. But the thought was there enough that the Lord says, You need to even get rid of the thought. I don't want it to be an issue with you. And as a preacher, I think that was a wise and good decision that I made that day. But consider this that day, I had no knowledge that the Lord was going to call me to preach His word. I wonder. If my life would have ended up differently, if I would have chose a different path. It's something I can't answer. I can't redeem that day. I can't redeem the time. I don't know. But I do believe personally that the answer is my life, my path kind of went. It's not just that thing, but that was one of those things that had to be dealt with. So don't look upon it. Isaiah woe to those who rise early in the morning that they should follow intoxicating drink and continue until night till wine inflames them. A favorite passage of scripture of mine is found in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10 and verse 11, but we'll read verses 9 and 10 first. It says, do do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers." homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, or extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. God, these 10 things Paul lists out, he says, these will not inherit the kingdom of God. Drunkenness is one of those things. But he goes on in verse 11, this is what makes it a favorite passage of mine, but such were some of you you may have been a fornicator, but you're not anymore because you have been washed, you have been sanctified, you have been justified in the name of our Lord Jesus in the Spirit of God, you may have been an idolater, but you're not anymore because you've been washed, you have been sanctified, you have been justified, the list continues on, you may have been an adulterer, but you're not anymore, you may have been a homosexual, but you're not anymore, you may have been a sodomite, which is a homosexual act, you may have been a a thief you may have been a covetous person a drunkard a reviler an extortioner but you're not anymore because you have been washed you have been sanctified you have been justified now i like this verse because i believe that there is through jesus christ a redeeming quality that the world cannot offer the world tells us that if you have been you will always be it's all part of your mental makeup they say in to those who are addicted to drugs, that you'll always be an addict. You're addicted to alcohol. You'll always be an alcoholic, but you can choose not to drink. But according to the word of God, God says you can be free from such things. You don't have to always be. God will wash you. He will sanctify you. He will justify you. That word for justify, we could describe it this way, just as if you have never, fill in the blank, sin, whatever it may be. That you have been justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. So he begins with a negative. He deals with drinking wine. Don't be drunk with wine. But he turns it with the positive. Be filled, rather, with the Spirit. This word fulfilled means to fill up on the inside every part of your body, to be filled with the Spirit. In Scripture, we learn that Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 14, he began to teach about the Holy Spirit, and there's two things that he taught in John's Gospel, and then we take it further in Luke and also in Acts of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. The work of the Holy Spirit in our life, that he comes into our life, that he is with us, that he is in us, and that he comes upon us to be with us. It's a Greek word para that means that he is nearby. Some have described this para ministry of Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit of that, of the wooing of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Paul says, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That it is necessary to come to faith. The Holy Spirit's got to be functioning. You're not just going to accidentally come to faith in Jesus Christ. You'll discover once you become a believer in Jesus Christ that God's Spirit was there with you, drawing you to Christ. But He also is to be in you in John 20, verses 19 and 22, after Jesus had died and then resurrected from the grave in John 20, he's there with the disciples. Uh, At this time, Thomas wasn't there, but Scripture tells us that Jesus came into them, and they were afraid, and he said, Peace be with you, and he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe for our 11 disciples that there was a point They had believed in Christ prior to his death, burial, and resurrection. They believed that he was the coming Messiah, but they had a misconception because they felt that he was second coming Messiah. They felt that he was going to set up his kingdom right then and right there, and they were going to be his 12 ambassadors for him. But they didn't understand God's plan of the first coming. And so Jesus, at this point, had died. He was in the grave. He had resurrected again. And now there was the opportunity for salvation, for true salvation for these disciples. They had followed Christ before, but they had to make the choice to follow Christ afterwards. Judas chose not to and hung himself, but the other 11 ultimately chose to follow Jesus Christ. Because they chose to follow Jesus Christ, Jesus was able to say to them, Receive thee the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. To be in that room that day, to be one of the 11. At the time, Thomas wasn't there. There were many others in the room, though. To be one of those who were in that room and to breathe in. If Jesus breathes out and says, breathe in, I'm going to breathe in and receive the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is in us. It is our rite of passage as far as salvation is concerned. But there is also the AP ministry ministry of Holy Spirit. It's a Greek word that means to come upon. And Jesus said in Luke twenty four forty nine, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high. Now, he's already at this point breathed and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit, but he says there's a further ministry of the Holy Spirit. He is to come upon you. And as we know in, in the book of Acts, uh, Jesus again said, In Acts 1, 4, and 5, he says, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So this coming upon of the Holy Spirit, you know, I I don't believe that that's a one-time event, although it can have that sense of being quite an event when the Spirit can come upon you. But, To be filled with the Holy Spirit, just as we counter it with wine there, you know, if you're drunk with wine, eventually you'll sober up. So if you want to stay in that continued state of drunkenness, you have to keep drinking. And if you want to stay in that continued state of being spirit-filled, you have to keep your mind and your spirit on track with the Lord that you're being, be ye being filled. It's a continual action in the Greek. It's not a one-time event, but it's a continual action that we are continually striving that the Spirit of God would fill every core part of our body. As a result, we find in verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms in hymns in spiritual songs, the will of God pertaining to the will of God, Sometimes it has to do with corporate worship. In verse 19, at the beginning of that, I believe that's what it's speaking about, that we worship publicly or corporately. David said in Psalm 111, Praise the Lord, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. So publicly, we come together to worship together speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let me ask you, we talked about the fellowship time afterwards. What's the topic of conversation when we hang out downstairs? It's not Bears football right now, but it could be football. It's going to be, especially in the next couple of weeks, it'll be at the top of the list of our topic of conversation. It could be about what we're doing in the afternoon, but also... This is my challenge to you. I don't. It's not wrong to talk about baseball. It's not wrong to talk about football or talk about some of these other things. But what if the Lord needs to do a further work in an individual's life, and all we want to do is talk about baseball when God is saying, I would rather you talk about me because this person needs to hear more about me. They need a little bit more Jesus. And we speak psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another second half of that verse is singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. It speaks about our private worship, that we are singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. We're worshiping to our Lord privately. In Psalm eighty-six twelve, I will praise you, O my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. To get the song of the Lord in our hearts, to sing in such a way Um, that we both minister to others and we minister to ourselves. There's music out there from my past when I was a teenager that it's just not good, but it's in my head. It's in my brain. I've heard it. I've listened to it. I'm a musician. I can lock it in. I can memorize fairly well. And I've discovered there's a lot of things that my mind remembers that I wish it would not wish it would forget. And I've learned another thing, that the way my mind forgets the things that it shouldn't have learned in the first place, Ephesians 5.26, that we would be washed by the water of the Word. As we continue to get into God's Word, He washes us and He cleanses us. He can get that stuff out of us. But our public worship, our private worship, verse 20, "...giving thanks always and all things to God the Father." in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for some things. Giving thanks always for only good things. He says giving thanks always for all things, and that is hard to do, isn't it? But it's to be the mindset of a believer because as a believer we're to understand that God is in control of all things. Although we may not understand why the Lord may put us through certain things, not only is he in control of all things, that we can learn to be like Paul or Peter, (laughs) David. I'm thinking of Psalms and the P kept coming out. But David in the 23rd Psalms where he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That we can give thanks in all things because we know Jesus is with us. He's near. Uh, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he says, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what can man do to me. Jesus promised I will never leave you nor forsake you Hebrews 13 5 as a result of that we can boldly say the Lord is my helper I will not fear Philippians 4 6 and 7 Pastor Kevin has this verse down he prays it for himself for his couple of his children because of their medical conditions that they have Mackenzie and Nathan Mackenzie having seizures and Nathan, having had heart surgery, it says be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. We can give thanks when the Lord is guarding our heart and guarding our minds. We can come into that understanding. So giving thanks And then finally, submitting to one another, verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. We understand who we are compared to God, so therefore, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we submit to one another. If we would learn to walk circumspectly, to walk in wisdom by redeeming the time, by first not being drunk by wine, but rather being filled by the Spirit, To speak to one another in spiritual psalms, in singing, in making melody in our hearts, to sing in our own lives, individually, our public worship, our private worship, to be thankful always in all things, submitting to one another. I believe we would be on track, a very good track of knowing and understanding what the will of the Lord is. See, I don't think it's as difficult as we try to make it out to be. I believe the Lord has given us much of His will in Scripture. Now, He may specifically call us as individuals to a certain task or ministry, but in general, as believers, we can know the will of the Lord through the Word of God. Father, thank you so much for this day and for this time. And as the worship team comes just to close us out in one last song, I pray, Lord, that we would be a people that would desire to walk in such a way that brings glory to your name. Lord, help us to be concerned about the dash in the middle, about the life that we live, that we would redeem the days and the time because the days are evil. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ.